Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. An outrageous decision yesterday in Atlanta to charge these police officers, the ramifications of which are going to be far-ranging and devastating, ironically, specifically to minority communities. Full coverage on that. The dreadful John Bolton and his dopey book, full coverage on that loser. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also, the DACA decision as well that came down today. A loaded Newsday Today show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Your data, that's your business. Get a VPN today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today in this busy news day? Wow, what a news day. And what's going on? The whole world's going Loaded. crazy again. I know. Overnight Every again. Every single day, yeah. brother. I know. Yeah, man. I know. Let's get right to Dokey, it. Dokey, dokey. <clears throat> Excuse me. Today, Today's show... <clears throat> Hairball, Dan. Come on. Hairball. Spit it out. Sorry. Paula's like, yeah, crap. What do you want me to do? I'm only a human being. Uh, today's show brought to you by our friends at Ollie. Listen, your dog's health is as important as every other member of your family. It starts with what you feed them. But do you know what's in your dog's food? Really, think about it. Ollie puts dogs first with vet formulated, delicious recipes, and fully transparent, healthy, fresh ingredients to give your dog the best food, healthiest food possible. Ollie makes fresh meals for dogs with real ingredients that people can actually eat and delivers them to you on a regular schedule. Not kidding. They beat out store-bought dog food at 10 to 1 on the palatability scale. This means it tastes really good to your dog. They create customized vet-formulated recipes made with all natural ingredients, no preservatives, sourced fresh from U.S. family farms. Go to myolly.com, answer a few questions about your dog. They'll customize recipes for your dog and ship you these pre-portioned meals so your pup gets the perfect portion every time. They've delivered 5 million meals and counting. Shipping is free. And if your dog doesn't like the meals, they have a money-back guarantee. Our dogs absolutely love them. You can see on the screen right now, there they are, eating up their uh, their Ollie, taking a little uh, sunbathing outside. <laughs> That's a great picture. Ollie's offering our listeners 60% off your first box, plus a free bag of treats at myolly.com slash try, T-R-Y slash Bongino. It's the best deal they have available anywhere. Go to myolly.com slash try slash Bongino for 60% off plus a free bag of treats spelled my O-L-L-I-E dot com slash try slash Bongino. Go today. Great dog food. Let's go. Yeah, baby. All right. So before I get to DACA, which broke this morning and a couple of other things here, I want to talk yesterday about the absolutely abhorrent, dreadful uh, disturbing, grotesque decision by a troubled uh, county district attorney who covers Atlanta, Paul Howard, to charge the officers involved in the in the uh, use of force incident with Mr. Brooks to charge them, uh, one of them, with murder. Are are you insane? This is the I have never, never. I've seen a lot of bad things involving. Uh, Police officers being harmed and a lot of bad things. Police officers, sadly, sometimes doing harm to others. We saw one a few weeks ago. I have never seen a grotesque overcharge and abuse of authority ever in my 45 years on the planet like I've seen from this failed human being, Paul Howard, this district attorney. He charged one of the officers involved in the shooting of Mr. Brooks with murder. This is insane. Don't believe me? Well, that's on you. I'm very sorry. You can read the news reports yourself. But if you don't believe me that this guy's got serious issues and seems to have been looking at a different videotape of the uh, Mr. Brooks shooting we saw, 
Here is Paul Howard at this press conference yesterday, by the way, which he gives before the GBI, Georgia Bureau of Investigation, that's investigating this use of force incident, has even concluded and has barely started their investigation. He doesn't even tell the GBI, Georgia Bureau of Investigation, that he's giving the press conference, just walks out in front of the mics. Listen to this utter absurdity, Mr. Howard said at this press conference, this guy never presented a threat. Check this out in his own words. We concluded and considered it as uh, one of our important considerations that Mr. Brooks never presented himself as a threat. What? Did this gentleman even see the video? I'm genuinely curious. So just to be clear, Never presented a threat, dreaded air quotes, means violently resisting arrest, punching a police officer, throwing one of them on the ground, stealing their taser, fleeing, and as you're fleeing, turning to discharge the taser at close range in the face of a police officer in hot pursuit. Never presented a threat. I... I, Listen to me. I'm not even messing with you anymore. To the liberals who listen to my show, now that we're on terrestrial radio as well, if you're turning on the radio and hearing me for the first time, this is the Dan Bongino Show. Welcome to those terrestrial listeners. Uh, If you really believe that a man who has now violently assaulted two police officers, Stolen their taser and discharged it at close range is not a threat. I'm not kidding. Please seek professional help. You are a nutbag. You are insane. If we can't believe, if we can't come to a conclusion in our spheres of influence that there's some overlap here, that at a minimum, this guy presented a very serious threat to the officers and the public, you have a serious mental health issue I cannot help you with. I can't, you're either that or you are one of the stupidest human beings I have ever seen in my life. He was no threat. Now, Mr. Howard has his own issues. Yeah, the district attorney which might explain why he made this outrageous decision to charge these officers and charge them at all. Forget about with murder, which is what he charged them with. One of them. Let's look at this law.com article. Oh, that's not fair. He's a district attorney. Really? It's not fair. So it's fair to overcharge an officer and put him in jail for a legal use of force, subjecting him to the death penalty, the officer. But it's not fair to scrutinize why you may have made that decision. No, no, not on this show. That's when I no, 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 we do. We're doing the truth here. Here's a law.com article. Fascinating. As Fulton DA race heads to runoff. This is the county where Paul Howard is a district attorney. Candidates spar on corruption claims and police prosecutions. Wow. Interesting. From the law.com piece. This is about the same guy who just charged these police officers. One of them with murder. Paul Howard's campaign has also been challenged by accusations of sexual harassment and retaliation raised by two women who worked in his office. Gee, that might explain why he's having re-election problems. Claims he has denied. He's also under investigation by the State Ethics Commission over alleged campaign financial disclosure law violations. Interesting. Interesting. He's running for re-election. He's in the middle of a heated runoff. He barely got, uh, what does he get, 41% of the vote. Didn't even crack 45% of the vote. He's the incumbent. He's got these sexual harassment charges levied against him. 
He's got campaign financial disclosure of ethics violations levied against him, but we're not supposed to take any of this into account as he ignores the investigation going on into the incident, does a press conference, and outrageously charges these law enforcement officers, one of them, with murder for a legal use of force. No, no, he's totally off limits. Not on this show, no thanks, hard pass. Yeah, it gets worse with Howard, believe it or not. A total disgrace to every district attorney across the country. What happened yesterday was an abomination. It was it was pure and simple mob rule. They wanted they they just needed someone charged with something to appease them, so they just did it. They just made it up. Never presented a threat. Are you really that stupid? Here's another one from the Atlanta, what is it, Atlanta Journal Constitution, whatever it may be, about Mr. Howard. Yeah, it's kind of puzzling. This guy seems to find himself in a lot of trouble. GBI, Georgia Bureau of Investigation, opens a probe of Fulton DA Paul Howard over use of nonprofit funds. Gosh, Bill Rankin, AJC, that seems like a lot of trouble for Howard. Sounds like a politically motivated decision to me, doesn't it? Now, he charged this guy with murder. Now, I'm just checking here, but if you wanted to murder someone and you were a police officer, I don't know, maybe you're a sociopath. You just decide you want to go out tonight and kill somebody because you're insane. Would you do CPR on them afterwards, begging them to keep breathing and staying alive? I mean, the Daily Mail has an interesting piece on this. I encur- It'll be in the show notes. I encourage you to spread this around. Um, doesn't sound like a murder case to me. Daily Mail exclusive. Quote, Mr. Brooks, keep breathing. Keep breathing for me. Fired officer who shot Mr. Brooks dead begged the father of four to stay alive as he desperately administered CPR. Body cam footage reveals. Uh, I thought, oh yeah, I, I, I thought he murdered him. So he murdered him and tried to keep him alive. That's really weird how that would happen. Yeah. And according to Geraldo, who I've been going at it all day on Twitter with, with our dueling videos and on uh, Parlor as well, where I put the video up, you can check it out. According to Geraldo, he seems to have some evidence that this guy had some racist tendencies. I don't know where he's getting it. He's just making it up. So he's a murderer and a racist. You have no evidence. Any of, well, in Geraldo's defense, he says he, it's, it's manslaughter. It's, it's not murder, it's manslaughter, which is equally stupid. I'm done being nice with this. You want to see the video yourself? Again, big hat tip, Joe Paula here. for This is the actual body cam video. Listen closely. For you audio listeners, you're actually better off here than the video people. Because the video is a little distracting, even though Joe cleaned it up a lot. Mm-hmm. He had to turn it upside down because when the officer's doing CPR, it's at a weird angle, the camera. Joe flipped it over, so we did some edits. But you audio listeners at advance, I want you to listen to the officer who just engaged in use of force with Mr. Brooks here and had a fire on him. I want you to listen to the officer begging this guy to stay alive. Does this sound like a murder to you? Check this out. Mr. Brooks, keep breathing. Mr. Brooks, keep breathing for me. Does that sound like a murder to you? Or does this sound like a district attorney? desperate to keep his job, who's forfeited any semblance of morals or ethics, has thrown his morals and ethics and his spine in the garbage, and is abusing the powers of his office to charge someone with a crime they unquestionably did not commit. By the way, the penalty of which 
can be the death penalty. Outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. Making matters worse. Dan, it gets worse. Oh, it gets worse. Paul Howard is a colossal fraud, a corruptocrat, who can't even get his own story straight. Now, before I get to Howard, <coughs> excuse me, the media, who you know the media, I mean, listen, the media is worse than Paul Howard. The media just lies to you constantly because that's what the media does. The media loves lying. The liberal media worships the lie. They're the Pravda of our time. The media is now obsessed with this narrative that when Mr. Brooks turns to engage a police officer pursuing him with the taser he just stole and points it at him at close range, that this is definitely not deadly force. By the way, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be, Dan. You can engage in deadly force for your police officer if someone engaging in a use of force on you isn't using deadly force? Yes, but that would require liberals to educate themselves and Geraldo too, which they're not interested in doing at all. All the subject has to do in a fleeing felon case is present the threat of serious physical injury or death to the officer or to someone else. Do you understand, liberals? I know this is hard. Facts and stuff. I get that. Please research the case yourself, the Tennessee Garner case. It's not hard to read. A police officer can use potentially deadly force if the fleeing subject is a threat to cause serious physical injury or death. Chris Cuomo on CNN doesn't know that either who is dumber than a box of rocks with moss growing on them. Who's constantly trying to inflame the situation as well. Now, it's interesting that the media, keep in mind, I just told you the taser doesn't even have to be deadly force. It just has to cause serious physical injury. You know, Joe, like a taser barb to the face. Yeah. Kind of serious. No, yeah, just yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But that's not even the requirement, deadly force. But the media has claimed even worse for them in their lies that the taser is, in fact, deadly force. Come on, Dan. They're telling us the opposite now. It's just a taser, man. It's just a taser. Let's go to the New York Times themselves. Again, showing you the idiocy of these complete losers who you should entirely ignore. This is the New York Times back in 2012. Tasers pose a risk to heart, a study warns. Oh, that headline doesn't sound so bad. Well, let's just go to the opening paragraph. Same New York Times trying to argue to you now about taser, ah, taser, it's no big deal. New York Times, the electrical shock delivered to the chest by a taser can lead to cardiac arrest and sudden death, according to a new study, although it is unknown how frequently such deaths occur. You may say to yourself, if you just tuned in a second ago on the radio or elsewhere, you may say, the New York Times, they just wrote that? They're acknowledging a taser could cause death? No, no, no. They wrote that in 2012. They changed their mind now. Now, because it's a different political scenario. And, you know, they're like the Soviets. They're the Soviet media. You know, the Soviet Pravda, New York Times. They're going to change their story now tomorrow. No, no, that thing we wrote in 2012, that's not true anymore. No, no. We were kidding when we said that. Just a joke. Just We're just messing around. Cool. You may say, ah, Joe, just the New York Times. No, no, not just the New York Times. It's concluded a taser could be a deadly weapon. Even worse, 
in the hands of an untrained individual. Trained people know with a taser not to shoot at the head with it. Mr. Brooks, I'm not sure what his taser training is. I, I'm pretty sure it's not that detailed. Just checking. And keep in mind, again, that's not even the standard. The standard is SPI, causing serious physical injury. It's not even it has to cause death. But that doesn't matter to liberals because they're morons. Here's Reuters on tasers. Again, I'm, I'm sure this article is going to be retracted immediately, right? Reuters, of course not, because they're entirely full of crap and they just don't care. Here's 2019 Reuters. As death toll keeps rising, U.S. communities start rethinking taser use. This article probably disappear tomorrow, my guess. What about that, Reuters? So tasers can be deadly, so communities are rethinking their use. You're going to put that in the article about Mr. Brooks, right? Taser, he points in the face of the cop pursuing. That's going to, it's going to be in your articles, right? The New York Times. Of course it isn't. I'm not even kidding, folks. I genuinely feel bad for you if you're getting your news elsewhere from other people because they are all abysmal, disgusting, grotesque liars who won't even acknowledge their own reporting. Now you may say, all right, Dan, you just presented some evidence here that the New York Times and Reuters, at least, believe tasers can be deadly weapons. I mean, they wrote it and all, right? Haven't retracted those pieces. But clearly the... Fulton County District Attorney Paul Howard, this corruptocrat who just, I mean, in one of the most disgraceful charging episodes I've ever seen in my life, the most. Clearly, he doesn't believe the taser is a deadly weapon, Joe. I mean, we just showed video, right, where he said, Mm -hmm. quote, about Mr. Brooks, that Mr. Brooks never presented as a threat. His quote, not mine. Right. Yeah. Taser face of the police. His words, folks. Again, I know logic is hard for the liberals listening to the show. I know that's tough. So let's listen to Paul Howard two weeks ago when the tables were turned and the police officer using the taser that wasn't stole from them, stolen from them, by the way, by Mr. Brooks. When a separate set of police officers pulled over some kids in a car and used one of the tasers, Howard thought it was politically advantageous to attack those cops, too. So then he's trying to make the point about how dangerous tasers are because the cops were very dangerous to these kids. Listen to Paul Howard about tasers just two weeks ago. Check this out. And charged with aggravated assault of uh, Ms. Pilgrim. And this is for pointing a taser at Mrs. Uh, Pilgrim. And uh, as many of you all know, under Georgia law, a taser is considered as a deadly weapon under Georgia law. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Joe, did dude? I, did I hear that wrong, Paula? Yeah. Just checking. Yeah. Did you did you not hear him just say the district attorney of Fulton County, the guy who just mm-hmm. said tasers are not deadly weapons? Mister Brooks was no threat. Tasers are not deadly weapons. Now, did you just not hear him say under Georgia law the tasers considered a deadly weapon? Let me take a poll. Let me take this three of us. Dan Bongino, what do you think? Dan Bongino says yes. I just heard Paul Howard say the exact opposite thing he said yesterday. Uh, Joe, did you not hear him just say that that a taser is a deadly weapon? Yeah, Joe says just checking. yes. Yep. Okay, that's two for two. Paula, we'll go for the three for. It. Did you not hear that as well? Paula is nodding her head in approval behind the camera. So we have three people here mm-hmm. who just heard Paul Howard two weeks ago say a taser is a deadly weapon, yet yesterday says the taser and the subject, quote, never presented a threat. Who do we believe? Two weeks ago, Paul Howard or Paul Howard now? Two weeks ago, Paul Howard. Today, yesterday, Paul Howard. Uh, two weeks ago, Paul Howard. Uh, yesterday, Paul. I don't know. I don't know what Paul Howard to believe. 
The answer is believe neither of them because it's the same Paul Howard and he's a fraud. Now, I want to show you a picture in a minute. Uh, you know what? Let's do it now. I want to show you a photo for all you armchair liberal geniuses out there who, you you know, with all your advanced police training and all, you know, like that, that loser, Michael Rappaport, I got into a fight with this morning on social media. Remember that loser? Most of you don't. Um, he's an actor. His claim to fame is calling into Howard Stern and whining about fantasy football. He's another one. Uh, Hollywood people know everything about policing. You know, Joe, they've had so much detailed training in their acting roles being police officers. Yeah. They know more about being a cop than a guy who actually was one. Hmm. What do I know? I was just a cop in the 7-5 precinct. What an idiot, right? I played on TV. Been through yeah. the police academy twice. Mm -hmm. Secret Service <laughs> Academy was an actual instructor in our academy. What the hell do I know? You were a cop. Idiot. Yeah, you were. I know yeah. that now. Uh, yeah. No experience at all, buddy. None. Dude. Joe's actually seen the photos of me and police. In case liberals <laughs> think I'm making this story. There's actual photo evidence. Me, police uniform, all that stuff. I'm going to show you a photo. Hat tip James Woods, the actor. Um, James Woods put this on um, his social media feed. And it's an interesting picture. For, for those of you watching at home, I'll explain it to you. Uh, for those of you seeing on YouTube right now the photo, you'll see this is a subject running away. It's a stage picture. The picture. How do we know that? Uh, because you can see a blue weapon. Blue weapons are, are inert. They can't fire anything. Uh, they have their firing pins removed. But you'll see a subject running away. He's running away. Clearly, you see his back. His head is turned a bit, though, and you'll see his right arm pointing what appears to be a weapon at an officer, and all you can see is the officer's hands and the blue gun. Now, can you tell me what that is? You know what's interesting? Paula said to me, I'm not messing with you. Keep this up for just a second, Paula, while I talk over it. Paula this morning, not a joke, not for effect on the show. I'm not kidding. Paula said to me when I gave her this picture, I said, can you put this in the show today? She said to me, well, what is that? Is that a taser or a gun he's pointing? I am not kidding. I said, thank you, Paula. She's a genius. I said, that's my point. I don't know what that is. All I know is it's a guy running away, pointing something at a cop that looks a whole lot like a gun. Ladies and gentlemen, I have 2010 vision. I have super good vision. It's my X-Men superpower although I'm losing it a little bit as I get older. I've been through two police academies. I've been through with Federal Law Enforcement Academy, Federal Law Enforcement Training Center in Glynn, in Glynn County, Georgia. I've been through the Secret Service Training Center. I was an instructor in the Secret Service Training Center. And I can't tell you what that guy's holding in his hand. Now, let me add a couple layers to this. Let me add a pulse rate of 150 beats per minute because you were just in a brawl with this individual on the ground. He just took out two of you, stole your taser, and you've just sprinted about 50 yards to catch him as he turns around, and that's what you see. Oh, let me add one more factor. It's nighttime. But again, all the geniuses out there, liberals, oh, he knew it was a taser. And that's not a threat, really, because that's not what you wrote in your media reports. That's not what the DA said. But putting that aside, he knew it was a taser. You don't even know it's a taser. In a still shot, I just kept on the screen for what, Paula, a minute straight? You don't even know it's a taser. In a still shot taken at close range, you don't even know that. The answer is I have no idea what's in that photo. And the police officer 
who just nearly had his life taken to him in a, from a fist fight where the guy stole his taser and could have discharged it at close range, probably didn't know it was a taser either. And even if it was, it's deadly force, according to the district attorney who just charged them with murder, the cops. We are living in psycho times right now. Ladies and gentlemen, there is an unsilent minority that started during the Tea Party that I think has been pressured into becoming, follow me here, a silent majority. A lot of people are afraid to speak out. But based on the texts I receive from people, the emails, I've got to tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if President Trump wins in the same landslide he won before. I really wouldn't. Candidly, regardless of even what happens at the economy, people are genuinely terrified about what's going to happen to this country if these Democrats take over. I've got a few more on this. I got to get to one of my, my sponsors here as well. And, uh, and I got the DACA stuff. I also got the Bolton stuff. I've got a ton of stuff to get through. It's a loaded show. Um, so thanks for your patience. Today's show also brought to you by our friends. You hear them at the beginning of my show every day. If I have not yet convinced you to get a VPN to secure your online data and your internet privacy, I don't know what else I can do. You're making a terrible decision if you're not. Please, this is really smart. This is what we do. You've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN, especially now. And now that a lot of you are working from home, it's even more critical. And you have to choose a VPN you trust. I can tell you, I can only tell you about the one we trust. Obviously, ExpressVPN. We don't take every sponsor. We don't. We get a lot of solicitations to advertise on my show. We don't take them all. I can say with full confidence, ExpressVPN is the hands down the best VPN on the market. Well, here's why. ExpressVPN doesn't log your data. Lots of these really cheap free VPNs make money by selling your data to ad companies. That defeats the purpose of a VPN. ExpressVPN developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your info. It's fast. We've tried a lot of VPNs. Many slow your connection down. I've been using ExpressVPN for a while now in my house. My internet speeds are always blazing fast. Netflix, whatever, no problem at all. Lickety split. Even when I connect to servers thousands of miles away, I can still stream HD quality videos with almost no lag whatsoever. Unlike other VPNs, ExpressVPN is super easy to use. You just fire up the app and you click one button to connect. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not that tech savvy. I figured it out. It's so easy. Even Dan Bongino got it. It's not just me saying this. Paula helped a little bit, but it's really simple. It is super simple. We got a router right there too. It's not just me saying how easy it is to use either. Wired, CNET, The Verge, and these tech journals rate ExpressVPN the number one VPN in the world. Protect yourself today. Don't wait with the VPN that we use and trust. Use my link at expressvpn.com slash Bongino today and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. ExpressVPN.com slash Bongino today. Secure your online data today. Don't wait. ExpressVPN.com slash Bongino. Okay. So just a little bit more on this before I move on. So uh, this, my show notes, by the way, are critical today. I'd like you to read them all, please. Uh, Bongino.com slash newsletter, where I have all these articles we've been putting up. So Red State has an interesting article. We love Red State. By the way, interview show this week. We have a twofer, two guests in one show, recorded some of it last night. The great Kira Davis from Red State. It's a very emotional interview about race, policing, school choice, how California, Trump could make inroads in California. That'll be out either Friday night or this weekend. So look for that interview show. Uh, hat tip, Kira Davis. And we got Scott Turner from the White House too. Um, article in Red State though about the um, blue flu. What is the blue flu? 
Um, that's when police officers call out basically in mass sick, uh, call out sick for work and, and don't show up because they feel like they're under assault and are going to be locked up and subjected to potentially the death penalty for engaging in legal use of force episodes. Uh, Red State by Shipwrecked Crew reports Atlanta PD officers walking off job tonight as murder charges are filed by Fulton County DA. Ladies and gentlemen, you think the Ferguson effect was bad? The depolicing of neighborhoods after the Michael Brown uh, incident. Remember the hands up, don't shoot narrative that was fake. Remember that fake story, the fake news? Hands up, don't shoot. Remember that totally fake? The depolicing that occurred after that as officers feared going hands on with subjects for the fear of being thrown in jail, locked up, sued, or subjected potentially to the death penalty themselves was very real. You're about to see that now. One more article on this. It's up in the show notes. It's a good one. This is a terrific point by Eddie Scary at Washington Examiner. Terrific point. You know, it's fascinating when it comes to violent protesters, Joe. What do you always hear on the media? Mostly peaceful, Joe. Mostly peaceful. Yeah. Mostly peaceful. As the buildings are burning down behind, That's remember right. that Ali Velshi video from MSNBC? Mm-hmm. It's mostly peaceful, peaceful out here. The building's fire. burning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Peaceful mm-hmm. fires, peaceful beating the snot out of cops. That's always the disclaimer, yeah. right? You have to say that. Well, Eddie Scary makes a great point here. Here's this headline from the Washington Post. Read this article. It's a good one. He said, hey, news media, you know, the police are overwhelmingly peaceful, too. (laughs) (laughs) Why isn't that the disclaimer, Joe? (laughs) So when we had this incident with uh, Mr. Brooks, tragic. Again, I don't wish death on anyone. This isn't some, uh, this is real. This is a real world. Guy died. I wish that on anybody. This was clearly a legal use of force. Clearly. So when we're talking about that and the left mentions police brutality, that's their line. Shouldn't they put the disclaimer to police who are overwhelmingly peaceful? We've had an episode here involving potential use of force. Why don't they get that disclaimer? The answer is because it doesn't fit the leftist narrative. That's a great point by Eddie Scary. Burn down a neighborhood, beat the crap out of people, hit them with bricks, you know, stab a cop in the neck. Don't worry, these protests were mostly peaceful. You know, cop, neck, knife, the guy in Las Vegas gets shot in the neck, he's paralyzed from the neck down. Mostly peaceful, mostly peaceful. But the fact that of the millions of police interactions every year in the United States, you know how many result in the fatal shooting of someone? 0.0004% of interactions. The very statistical definition of overwhelmingly peaceful contacts with the general public. You're not going to hear that on the news, though, because it doesn't fit their sick, deranged, inflammatory narrative. Okay, let me mention DACA quickly. DACA decision came down this morning at the Supreme Court. That, of course, was the Obama-era program, deferred arrivals uh, regarding the, the children who were brought into the country illegally. Supreme Court, the, the disgraceful John Roberts, just a, um, a an embarrassment to the bench. He has entirely politicized the Supreme Court. Remember, he was appointed by a Republican. It doesn't. This guy's he's all he's all in a. There is no conservative majority on the Supreme Court. This guy's a liberal through and through. John Roberts. He is going to go down as the worst Republican appointed. Supreme Court justice in U.S. history. No question. He just makes all the. He's the saved Obamacare. Remember him on the uh, citizenship ruling? The guy's a total disaster. Just quickly what happened. They ruled against the Trump administration discontinuing the DACA program. Having said that, they didn't, 
this doesn't, I'm not absolving Roberts of his grotesque uh, politicization of the bench at all, but they didn't throw out the program entirely. It was a 5-4 ruling. Roberts, of course, goes along with his liberal buddies. That's all he does now. He's a disgrace to the bench. Total embarrassment. Um, Roberts, who is trying to appease the Washington Post op-ed section, said it's not that Trump's decision was, in fact, to discontinue the DACA program for children brought here illegally. Not that that was in violation of the law. It's how they did it. So the Trump administration can go back and retailer it and then get the decision uh, in their favor later. Again, Roberts is just making it up, ladies and gentlemen. He has no power to do this at all. He's just making it up. Totally, completely making it up. Roberts is an embarrassment to the bench. Moving on, because I don't want to lose my mind over that. I'm really upset about that. Um, I just want to show you this article as well. Um, for those of you, I want you to read this. It's an older article. It's from 2012, but it's up in my show notes. I want you to show this to your liberal friends too, because there's, again, a myth out there being propagated by gaslighters, liars, and Soviets. And then um, Geraldo too keeps making this up. There is a myth out there I thoroughly undressed yesterday that there is no scenario by which a police officer could fire at a subject where those rounds might hit him in the back. That is false. That is inaccurate. I can give you right now probably 10 or 20 examples where a police officer would use his firearm and those rounds may in fact hit someone in the back. Someone who turns to shoot at them and continues to turn to shoot at them. Someone who's climbing a fence, a suicide bomber, a terrorist who's about to engage a crowd of people. There are I, the list of scenarios by which an officer would fire at someone and potentially hit them in the back is so endless. I don't have time on the show to go through them all. So let's talk about a real life scenario where you may have wanted to engage someone, a shooter fleeing, where someone actually was almost killed. Here's an article from, I think it's goupstate.com, whatever it may be. It's from 2012. Thanks to the listener who sent this, by the way. I didn't find this by myself. Thank you. Uh, forgive me. I forget your name. Um, goupstate.com. Deputy back at work after being shot while on the job. Well, let's look at what happened here. Go to the screen chat from this. Hold on. Can I just hit something here? I don't want to lose my screen from this article. I want to read folks, pay attention. I'm going to read this. Uh, this is really important. Really turn the volume up a little bit. So the officer's name is Brad James. James was a nine year veteran of law enforcement known as a go getter for his aggressiveness in pursuing suspects. He gave chase on foot through a neighborhood off South uh, church street uh, near Kimberly drive. The suspect, Robert Brown got hung up as he tried to climb a fence, trying to escape Officer James, according to investigators. Taking aim at Officer James with a handgun called the Judge, which can shoot, which can shoot both bullets and, uh, and shotgun shells, he pulled the trigger, investigators say. A slug hit Officer James above his right eye along the eyelid, shattering the eye socket and ripping the skin from eye to ear. James' instincts, however, told him to turn and run. Officers say another shot was fired by the suspect. This time, the shell containing birdshot hit him in the lower back and buttocks area. James went down, but he didn't give up. He got to his feet and chased the suspect another 200 yards before deciding that his injuries were too severe and he needed to stop and get help. Again, let's rely on the expertise of known law enforcement official well, Geraldo Rivera, 
who says, no, no, there's no scenario where you can engage a suspect when he's not exactly facing you. Well, what if he was facing you a second earlier and fired a shotgun shell that hits you in the face? I'm just checking, Geraldo. Does that meet your made-up criteria for use of farm? I'm just checking with you. Has Geraldo ever heard of lag time? Do you know what lag time is? Lag time is a known quantity in use of force analysis where a police officer, there is a lag. He is reacting to a proactive subject. If a subject turns to fire, by the time the officer processes what is going on and engages in return, the subject will have likely turned around again because there's a lag time to process the information. It doesn't mean he was trying to shoot him in the back. He was trying to fire as he was engaged and can't predict what the guy's going to do. By the time he did engage, the subject turned around again. Go ask Officer Brad James about that, Geraldo, if you're interested. You're not, of course. You're just going to call everybody a racist, which is disgusting and pathetic. And you just do not understand the use of force continuum at all. And the fact that you're totally unwilling to educate yourself about it is just, I mean, seriously unforgivable. All right, uh, let me get to my next sponsor, and I want to get to Bolton. And I do want to play this video, MSNBC. MSNBC. If I'm giving a hat tip to MSNBC, something is seriously wrong. But this is a really, really, I know, I know, I know, you saw it. I was like, whoa, what happened? Like someone at MSNBC is like telling the truth. All right, today's show brought to you by our friends at GenuCell. Listen, summer's here. We're all sure to remember this, and Chamonix is celebrating with you with a sale to remember. Right now, get their classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness and the jawline treatment, and Chamonix will double your supply free. You staying at home, you going back to work, or simply reconnecting with your loved ones and coworkers, now's the time to say goodbye to puffiness, dark spots, crow's feet, and even firm up that delicate skin around your jawline and neck area. Look years younger, guaranteed. It's time for you to emerge strong, positive, confident, and beautiful. You'll get the compliments you, everyone likes them, or simply get 100% of your money back. Order GenuCell now, and Shamini will double your order free. Here's how to get yours. Go to GenuCell.com. And type in my special promo code DAN30. That's DAN30 at checkout. Go to GenuCell.com. Get results in minutes. The GenuCell immediate effects is also free, plus a surprise luxury gift at checkout. Get double your order free now. All orders today are upgraded to free priority shipping. Go to GenuCell.com. GenuCell, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. Put DAN30 in as a promo code, DAN30. Get that deal today. Check that out. All right. What an itchy today. I'm like, Touching my face and stuff, which in the Corona business is, uh, in Corona times, it's not good. So John Bolton's releasing a new book. Again, everything on the Dan Bongino show you need an hour. Uh, John Bolton, uh, you know, John's probably upset because we haven't gone to war with 67 countries yet under the Trump administration. You know, Bolton never saw a war zone he didn't like or didn't want to. But Bolton wants to bomb everyone. Um, you know, I, I live in Martin County. I'm, I'm concerned that Bolton may want to bomb Martin County, Florida at some point. I'm like, do we have an air raid siren? John Bolton said that. <laughs> Bolton likes to bomb. There's never been a war anywhere on planet Earth that Bolton didn't support getting us into. Bolton's not a war hawk. He's like a, a war predator drone that shoots the war hawk out of the sky because he's not <laughs> war hawky enough. There's no war on planet Earth Bolton didn't like. Listen, to be fair, though, seriously, why the president hired this guy, I have no idea. Really, he's been on the wrong side of just about every foreign policy issue in the history of foreign policy. 
So Bolton now wrote this book hilariously called In the Room, as if he was in the room for the conversation, because many of the conversations he cites in his book, Joe, were ones he wasn't in the room for. <laughs> it's just amazing. That's, a, that's, a, that's incredible. That's really bizarre. John Bolton, in the room. Were you actually in the room for that? No, no, another dude was. I, so is your book titled Another Dude in the Room or are you in the room? Who in the room are we talking about? So Bolton, who's a discredited hack and generally just a life loser, you know, who, again, will bomb any country with a name. And if not, he'll make up the name and make it a country himself and bomb that, too. Um, Bolton's quite upset. So he wrote this book because he's a grifter and he wants, um, you know, a cheap, uh, uh, a cheap payday. And it's trashing, tr trashing Trump, the whole book. That's fascinating because uh, hat tip Dan Scavino. I saw this on his Twitter feed. Here's a video, a one minute montage of John Bolton saying just the nicest things about President Trump when this job was involved, when he wanted, when he was getting a paycheck. Here's Johnny B. Check him out. President Trump accomplished what other leaders have repeatedly promised but consistently failed to deliver. He looks out after the best interest of the American people. They're the ones who elected him. Uh, they're the ones he's responsible to. And his administration will deliver. I am confident. Uh, he's not going to make the same mistakes that President Obama made. And I think one thing you can be sure of is President Trump's not going to make the mistakes of prior administrations here. I think the president's doing exactly the right thing. The president correctly understands when China gets economic power by stealing from the United States and others, it's time to call a stop to it. Well, I think the Trump administration has been very tough. Uh, it, it has imposed enormous sanctions on Russia. Since January 2017, the president has taken decisive action to defend our election systems from meddling and interference. I think the president's right on the policy here. Well, I think he's got another year of accomplishments uh, under his belt. I just want to note, disclaimer, no bombs were discharged during the playing of that video. They may, Bolton may bomb my house after this show. I don't have any bomb protection on my home. It's hurricane resistant. It is not bomb protection. I'm worried. Thank God this guy's nowhere near any bombing materials at this point. <laughs> this guy is the, I, I, I mean, he's disgraced himself so repeatedly on foreign policy issues and international interventions that he still is allowed anywhere near government. Honestly, was a failure of the Trump administration. There's no getting around that. Captain Mustache here, I, I, he's not even like a war hawk. He's like a war tyrannosaurus. Everywhere. Loves wars. So there's him praising Trump, of course. Um, but he does level some serious charges in the book. Well, they're worth entertaining. No, they are. I mean, listen, we shouldn't just ignore it. But it's quite bizarre. One of the, the, the most serious charge in his book, I think, is that at some point, Trump told Chinese President Xi, that the concentration camps were like, that they put the Uyghurs in were like A-OK. -okay. Hey, Mr. President, go ahead and build those concentration camps. I'm not kidding. I'm not being hyperbolic. This is an actual charge in the book. Hmm. But fascinatingly enough, again, Bolton, whose book title I think is In the Room, didn't actually hear the president say that. He got it from a guy who translated it from another guy, apparently. Check this out from the Wall Street Journal. This is uh, interesting on that allegation, which is serious. He says, at the opening dinner of the Osaka summit with only interpreters present, Xi had explained to Trump why he was building concentration camps. According to our interpreter, Bolton states, Trump said that Xi should go back with uh, building the camps, which Trump thought was exactly the right thing to do. 
Interesting. So Bolton, who claims to be in the room, is actually getting it from someone else who was an interpreter. Who heard someone else say it, Trump. That's fascinating. Again, I, I, I don't dismiss, I'm not a liberal. I'm interested in actual news. It'd be a serious charge. There's no question about it. Here's the problem with that. Anyone familiar with foreign policy who's followed the China situation, as I do, I have to, I comment on it on the news all the time. Joe, President Xi from China has never admitted to having concentration camps. Hmm. Kind of a problem, no? They're there. They're very real. The Uyghurs are definitely suffering in those concentration camps. I've spoken about it on this show. They're grotesque abuses of human rights at the highest level. They are definitely there. Xi's never acknowledged them. He calls them by these ridiculous names like uh, re-education communities and other, you know, Soviet-style Pravda efforts. So you're suggesting to me Bolton, who says he heard it from someone else who heard it from Trump. Again, I thought he was in the room. That President Xi, who's never acknowledged the existence of these camps at all, just randomly blurted it out. And then President Trump said, that's a great idea. Folks, the story sounds ridiculous. Ridiculous. And by the way, if the story was true, and I was in the administration, I mean, Joe, wouldn't you go to the media right away? That's a disturbing story. Yeah, sure. Why not go to the media right away? Right away. Well, wait. Oh, no, 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 Joe. I had to get it in my book first. Hold on. Let me go to Amazon, pick up a copy. He's a fraud, folks. This guy's a fraud. You're suggesting the president of the United States supports concentration camps in China, and you held it until you could put it in your book. Just, just checking on that. Despite the fact that the Chinese president never admitted to having concentration camps, and you didn't actually hear it. You heard it from a guy who heard it from someone else. I think we can discard that. Here's another interesting take from the New York Times. Remember, no bombs have been discharged during the recording of this podcast episode. If Bolton was here, I don't know what would have happened. Bolton, who loves every war everywhere, (laughs) wants to bomb everyone all the time, Joe. Now we know why Bolton was really motivated here. Look at the New York Times. Has an interesting snippet from this piece here. Says New York Times, Bolton seems incensed that the unexpected display of caution and humanity on the part of Trump, deeming it the most irrational thing I've ever witnessed any president do. What are they talking about? They were talking about that episode where President Trump at the last minute uh, turned around and did not change his mind, did not want to bomb the Iranians for that uh, predator drone incident because he felt like too many Iranian civilians would be killed. Again, Bolton, who can't get enough of the bombings, let the bombings commence, was very upset that President Trump didn't, in fact, unleash the bombs he wanted. Now we know what's really motivating this guy. He hates Trump. He wants Trump to bomb everybody all the time, everywhere. Everyone, all the time. He wants them to bomb the, the Chaz, Chazistan, Chazylvania, or Chopistan, or what is it, Chop now? Chopylvania, Chon... Chapelstania. He wants them to bomb them too, probably. Guy loves bombs. He's upset we didn't bomb the Iranians. He hasn't mentioned taking out of Soleimani, which happened afterwards, of course. He probably left out of his book, but that's a whole other thing. Bolton needed some 
cash. So, of course, you know, hold the, hold that concentration camp thing. Hold it until we can put it in the book. Very brave. Very brave, John Bolton. Loser. What a loser. Okay, good. I got to, We're doing good on time here. Yeah, you think so? Good feedback from, uh, from Paul over there. This video was stunning. I saw this yesterday on Twitter. And I was shocked. Shocked. This is Stephanie Rule from MSNBC. You know I'm a big advocate for school choice. I have been. It is, I think, one of the most important issues of our time. The greatest untapped resource in this country right now is not shale oil. It's not foreign students coming in. It's none of that stuff. The greatest untapped resource in our country is the human capital the human intellectual capability being lost because we are not educating minority, white, Asian, other students, everyone in struggling communities with crap schools. Period. Full stop. There's not even a close second. The brain power being wasted, the lives being destroyed in these inner city communities where these kids' schools are garbage, flaming garbage, is a disgrace to humankind. It is the most, one of the most, I get into this, by the way, in my interview with Kira Davis, which you're going to really appreciate. She has a fascinating point. I don't want to give up here. A fascinating point I haven't heard made about school choice before, about networks. Listen to it. Her explanation is phenomenal. I didn't even consider that. I had only considered the education point. You know, you have to go to a crap school. You're not going to get educated. I hadn't even considered some of the other stuff she brings up. But hat tip to Stephanie Rule on MSNBC. I mean that. I'm not being silly here. For finally calling out hack Randy Weingarten, this uh, teacher's union advocate who doesn't really give a crap about kids at all. She just wants kids. She wants kids. She wants kids basically to stay in struggling schools. And Stephanie Rule's just not having it today. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's a great talking point. Oh, we'll fix all the other. But what about now? What about the kids who have no shot right now? Listen to Stephanie Rule on this. Big, big, huge hat tip for finally pinning these people down in the subject. Check this out. The Department of Education has got a $200 billion budget. It's not underfunded. And we know that there are kids living in cities in in this country where those cities, where those schools aren't serving them. And if you live in an inner city and you've got kids, your best chance of economic mobility for your child is through a great education. And there are schools that aren't serving our kids. And those schools need to be fixed like we did in New York City. And They're not going to get fixed today. And if I I had a kid today, which I do. I have children today in school, and they went to a public school that wasn't serving their needs, and I was in a position where I could send them elsewhere. Shouldn't we say we want that choice? Wow. Good job. Listen, we may disagree on a lot, but, you know, I'm willing to put disagreements aside and other issues to give you a serious round of applause for doing that. And folks, you know, may say, well, don't celebrate MSNBC. They're conspiracy theory hacks they are and a lot of what they do is just grotesque but folks we don't want to be like liberals when there are spheres of ideological leanings and there's some overlap we should celebrate that overlap because real people get hurt when we don't for me to say ah screw her she's on msnbc that was stupid is asinine because there are real kids suffering right now she makes a fantastic point Randy Weingarten just wants more money for schools because that's all she cares about is money for the union she's advocating for. She doesn't care about teachers. She doesn't care about anything. But Stephanie Rule's like, well, what about kids right now who are in schools that suck? Like, do they get a choice? No, no, they don't get a choice. We'll eventually fix them with more money. 
for the teachers unions I represent. More money later down the road. When we see our spheres overlapping, we should link shields and move forward because there are real lives at stake and it matters. And I'm not above, below, or anywhere else praising any liberal who's willing to join us in that fight. I don't know, Stephanie, never met her in my life. I don't even think I've ever, I used to do MSNBC. I don't recall ever meeting her. But we need more of this. And I applaud any Democrat, liberal, or anyone, environmentalist, I don't care, who comes out and speaks up on behalf of these inner city kids who have no shot in educa- as an education. They deserve it. They deserve all of our support. Again, we cover this in detail in my interview with uh, Kira Davis. You're going to let, she brings, I'm telling you, she brings up a fascinating point that stopped me kind of mid-interview. I, I try not to interrupt my guest, but I had to just tell her what it, it was just that, that great of a, of a point. All right. Good. Good on time. Moving on here. So, um, folks, you know, I just uh, started up a partnership with Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R. I appreciate everyone joining. It is now the hottest social media property on the internet. Happy to say that we are exploding in new users and it is becoming the new home for people like me. Again, I'm not telling you to give up your other social media. That's not what I'm about. All I'm telling you is make us your home. You want to post other stuff there later? Go right ahead. You want to cross post? I'm not here to do that. I'm not here to tell you, don't not, I'm not your, uh, I'm not a liberal. I don't want to run your life. I'm simply suggesting make that your first stop on social media every day. Parlor. I am a, I have an ownership stake in the company. I have a financial arrangement with them. But I see more stories like this every day. And don't worry, I'm not going to bombard you with these stories every day, but they are important. More stories every day of why these other social media enterprises just can't stand you if you believe in like, you know, liberty and freedom and fair elections. So here's Facebook, an article by CNBC of all places. Facebook, who is now saying, yeah, you know what? We're going to let you guys opt out of political ads. Okay, I don't have any issue with that. You want to opt out? You don't want to get political ads on your Facebook? I have no problem with that. My problem with that is what's the motivation behind this? Oh, yeah, the fact that Donald Trump has the most followers of anyone on Facebook and has successfully leveraged Facebook to get his message out. I'm just asking to to Zuckerberg and the other Facebook folks out there. This is a genuine question. Would you have made the same call if Joe Biden was running for a re-election or whatever it may be, was the incoming president and had a social media machine, the equivalent of Donald Trump's. I'm just asking, would you have allowed people to opt out of political ads? And again, let me be clear. I don't have any problem with them doing that. They're a private company. I'm not a liberal. I'm not a tyrant and I'm not a monarch, nor do I want to be. If Facebook is a private company, wants to let users who are free individuals opt out. Great period. I'm just asking, would you have done the same? Why didn't you do it back in 2020? Uh, what was it uh, 2012 when Obama was running for re- re-election and it nailed the Facebook technology? Why didn't you do it then? Well, what else is Facebook up to? Check this tweet out from yesterday for this guy, uh, Constantine, who uh, puts this up. He says, Zuckerberg has found out how he can suddenly fight back against Trump. Voter registration. And you'll see a screen cap of a USA Today piece where it says, Uh, The best way to hold our leaders accountable, this is Facebook, by the way, and how we address many of the issues our country is grappling with. I believe Facebook has a responsibility not just to prevent voter suppression, which disproportionately targets people of color. Oh, here we go. Facebook now weaponizing identity politics, bringing the racial. There's no voter suppression, no evidence voter suppression is going on in the country. None. You have no evidence of that at all. But now you're using identity politics to engage in voter registration drives? 
which I'm sure you're doing to benefit the Trump team, right? Sure. Don't trust these people. Again, respectfully, I the guy put skin in the game. I'm taking an ownership stake myself. No sense talking anymore. It's time for doing. Please go open an account today at Parlor. I'd really appreciate it. I want to see you over there. Follow me too. I'm at D Bongino over there. P-A-R-L-E-R, not L-O-R. We get a lot of emails from that. I went to P-A-R-L-O-R. Well, that's not that's not our site. That's why you can't find me. It's P-A-R-L-E-R. Download the app today. Start up an account. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you for all your support. You believe this? I'm going to get through all this. Are you impressed, Miss Paula? Are you impressed? She was a little upset. I didn't engage in extensive Paula praise this morning, but can you reciprocate and send some praise this way? We got through the show in an orderly fashion today. Last story of the day, uh, the dreadful Rick Wilson. Listen, honestly, I'm trying not to pile on too much on this guy. I I know, I know, new rules, we should be. But this guy is such a pathetic subhuman that I really, he's just so disgraceful. I don't want, uh, there's a side of me that's still, have a soft spot for everyone. Having said that, I'm just going to pile on a little bit now. Uh, so there's an article be in the show notes about the disgraceful head of the never Trump uh, failed cabal of idiots, Rick Wilson. Uh, turns out Rick Wilson, this is an article by Matt Boyle at Breitbart, be up in the show notes. Financial problems plagued Rick Wilson as he became the never Trump leader. Folks, read through the article. Uh, it is devastating. This is the king of the never Trump. He pretends to be a Republican, by the way. Um, Rick Wilson's a grifter. He'll say or write anything for cash. And in this article, which is fascinating, they point out some really interesting financial problems he appears to have been in as he turned to be a rather uh, well-paid never-Trumper in the space. Again, I'm trying not to pile on, which is what Rick Wilson doesn't do. Rick Wilson loves to pile on everyone else despite having a past of his own to reckon with. But I just want to encourage you, outside of Rick Wilson, to just remember this. A lot of people in this business you think are principled or not. They won't put their own money in the mix. They don't run for office themselves. They sit on the sideline and throw barbs and cash checks. There are a lot of grifters out there trying to make money off you. Folks, we could sell five, 10 spots per show here. I'm not kidding. We have to pay for our show. And listen, I like the fact that we can earn a living doing it. But I'm not kidding. We could sell probably five, maybe five to seven spots to show the demand for it. We don't do it. We have an hour show. We don't like to run any more than about 10 minutes of spots. That's a big percentage of content, percentage of content. I put my money where my mouth is. I'm not in this for money. We've saved enough. We're fine. I'm in this for a message. I'm not beyond sin. We're all sinners. I'm just telling you there are people out there whose their exclusive motivation is to be grifters and to take and fleece you from your money because they get rich off of saying things that totally contradict principles they claim they had just a few years ago. Be very skeptical of the grifter crowd out there. They're hilariously bad at what they do. All right, thanks again for tuning in, folks. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, see the video of the show, and please go to the YouTube, youtube.com slash Bongino, and look at that photo. The photo earlier I discussed, Joe saw it, Paul saw it, many of you YouTube watchers saw it, of that, uh, that subject pointing the firearm as he's turning. And you'll see how difficult it is, even in a still shot, to determine if you're being shot at or having something thrown at you, or if it's a taser or a firearm. YouTube.com slash Bongino. Subscribe today. We're trying to get to 500,000 subscribers. Only 30,000 more to go. Thanks a lot, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.